I'd invite you with you to go and turn with me to Ezekiel 34. Uh, this is not a typical Christmas text uh, because I don't get to do this very often. I want to do something a little bit more unique. And so I thought, let me do a Christmas text I've never heard before. And so when I sat down to do this preparation, I Googled Ezekiel 34 Christmas text. And when you know it, the very first Google response was a, a sermon from Ligon Duncan during the Advent season. So while I thought I was being unique and I thought I was doing something not often done, someone had already done it much better than I will do this evening. Uh, but let me go and pray for us and ask God to bless the reading and the teaching um, of this evening. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this, your Lord's day. Father, we thank you for your word and we pray that you would bless us this evening. Bless us as we read your word. Lord, would you bless me as I teach from it. Father, would these be your words and not my own? And Lord, would you guide us, would you grow us through your word? And if anyone here, Lord, does not know you, if they've not placed their faith in you, uh, Father, would you do a great and mighty work through this uh, text this evening? So Father, we love you. We pray that you'd bless this time now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now where we find ourselves in Ezekiel 34, I just want to give a little bit of of a backstory since it is not often a Christmas text. Uh, We find the people of Judah right now in a very dark spot. They are in exile. Um, Babylon has come through and they have conquered their land. Uh, The temple has fallen. Jerusalem has fallen. um, And the people are now in exile. Uh, They've also lost their Davidic royal line. The the line of David has been snuffed out and has been killed. And God's people find themselves scattered between the foreign pagan land of Babylon and the small remnant who remain behind. This is a very dark time in the history of Judah and the history of God's people Uh, But in this dark hopelessness, uh, God has raised up a prophet. He's raised up the prophet Ezekiel, uh, who's going to bring a prophecy from God to the people of Judah about the hope of the Messiah. Uh, Now we are going to go ahead and read our text, Ezekiel 34, verses 23 through 25. So I invite you to turn with me there. You can find it on page 722 in your pew Bible. Ezekiel 34, verse 23. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. And I, the, I am the Lord. I have spoken. This is God's holy, inerrant, and authoritative word. Thanks be to God. Now as I read this text, I was thinking about shepherds. Shepherd comes up a lot. And if, you're, if you want to get a glimpse of maybe what it might be like to tend sheep, and I say this with love to our middle schoolers, I'd invite you to observe a middle school youth group. Very much so is it like herding sheep and tending to sheep. Uh, in fact, the most stressful part of my Sunday afternoons is as we journey from the Family Life Center to the bridge. It's only about a block and a half, but we know what lies in the middle is this, uh, this, this road to go from one side of Lady Street to the next. And as I love working with middle schoolers, they very much are like wandering sheep running around and need guidance. And uh, us as a youth staff, we're called to be shepherds, which is a spiritual component. Obviously, we're called to disciple and lead them spiritually, but there's also sometimes a physical component, and sometimes it looks like herding and prodding and taking care of these middle schoolers so they can get safely across the street and safely through the crosswalk. Uh, now, to, to be good shepherds, uh, to, use, to, to continue with that metaphor, we normally do this by having a few adults in the front, a few adults in the middle, and a few adults at the back giving gentle guidance of slow down, of stop running, of look both ways, 
of there's a car coming, you need to stop. And we, we guide our students across the street because we want to be good shepherds. We want to keep them safe. Now, if we were people who, who did not care, if we gave no direction at all during this time and simply allowed the students to run around, uh, we would definitely be inviting in disaster. Um, along with the angrily worded emails we'd probably receive from several parents for allowing the students to run across the street, we would be inviting disaster to potentially happen. But if we were even worse shepherds, we wouldn't just not care and not give them guidance. We would drive them directly into traffic. And that is completely the opposite of what we desire to do. We want to grow our students not only in their faith, but we want to keep them safe for the hour and a half that, our parent, that the parents have entrusted them to us. Uh, and so the people of Judah, we will see, have been led by some bad shepherds. Just as we seek to take care of our students and be good shepherds, and bad shepherds would neglect, the people of Judah have been led by bad shepherds, and they followed along as the kings and the rulers have led them astray. Uh, despite the warnings of the prophets, the people of Judah have been led astray, and now they are undergoing God's judgment, which shows itself in this exile. Uh, they've invited in disaster, they've, which has brought along with it God's judgment of the loss of their homeland, the loss of their royal line, the destruction of the temple, um, and they're left without much earthly hope at all. And these are because of the failings of these bad shepherds who have led them astray, who have led them into danger. Uh, but this is not just on the shepherds themselves, it's also on the people who followed them there willingly. And so tonight, as we look at this passage, I want us to see, to see two things. We see one, a warning from the prophet Ezekiel, and then we see a wonder as well. So first in this passage, we see a warning. If you look back with me to verse three of this chapter, uh, we see the prophet Ezekiel bringing warnings against these bad shepherds of Israel and against Judah. And he gives some descriptions of what these bad shepherds look like. They were self-serving leaders who ate the fat, clothed themselves with wool, and neglected the weak. They were shepherds who did not lead by serving, but rather devoured the sheep and their flock in order to ensure their own comfort and power. They had allowed in the lies of the pagan religions. They had allowed in anything that would take them from the worship of the one true God, the worship from Yahweh. And this has led the people of, of Israel and the people of Judah into destruction. They've invited in disaster and they have led them there. And so we see a judgment, we see a warning against these shepherds of the people who have, who have failed them. But we also see a warning to the people as well, of what shepherd are you following? The people of, of Judah did this willingly. This, they, they, they followed these bad leaders, they anointed these bad leaders, they wanted some of these bad leaders to rule over them, and now these bad shepherds have led them into exile. Uh, they allowed these leaders to turn them from the worship of Yahweh to the worship of pagan idols, despite the warnings of the prophets around them. Why? Why did this happen? Why do the people follow them? Because sheep follow shepherds. Sheep will follow shepherds even if they are bad shepherds. Sheep will follow a shepherd. Uh, Isaiah, in, the, in this, the 53rd chapter, in the sixth verse says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We all follow something or someone and here the people of Judah have followed their leaders into death and destruction. We all follow something whether we like to admit it or not and the sinful desires of our hearts often tempt us to follow these bad shepherds. Uh, these bad shepherds can offer success, they can offer satisfaction and comfort, when in reality they are feeding on us and they're leading us as lambs to slaughter. John Calvin is famously 
or John, Calvin, John Calvin famously said that our hearts are uh, idol factories, constantly churning out idols. And because we know this is a state of our heart and we pump out these idols and we churn out these idols, we seek then to bad shepherds who help us uh, bring about these, who, who might bring about, who might satisfy these idols. Uh, we might turn to the idol of comfort and we seek whatever, com- whatever bad shepherd might lead us towards comfort. We might desire success and our heart really wants success and so we'll follow whoever promises success whoever, and whoever will whoever lead us there. Maybe our heart has created the idol of money and all we want above all else is wealth and so we will follow these bad shepherds despite our own destruction to whatever might lead us and might promise us wealth. Uh, we are people who have a broken heart um, and we see this with the people of Judah and following these bad shepherds uh, because they seek to offer, offer some false promise to satisfy the idols of their heart. And so we see this warning from the prophet Ezekiel to watch out for these bad shepherds. What are you following? Who are you following? We hear from God's word. We know our hearts will follow something um, and we need to examine our lives and we need to heed this warning of what are we following? Because just as these bad shepherds lead the people of Judah astray and lead them to God's judgment, so will the bad shepherds in our lives, the idols in our world, whatever those might be, uh, these shepherds will lead us astray. And so Ezekiel is giving this warning to the people who, who need to hear it, who want need to understand why this has happened, um, who need to understand how these leaders have failed them, uh, but to also display then the greatness of, of God. When we see the darkness, it makes the light shine so much more. And so along with this warning that Ezekiel brings us, we also have a wonder. We have a great joy, we have a great comfort that comes along with us. Uh, due to our wayward hearts, Ezekiel has to give a warning of the consequences of following these bad shepherds. However, we know we are not left in this darkness and what a joy and what a comfort that is. Just as the people of Judah were not left with just a warning of why they've ended up there, the people of Judah were not just left in exile, left in their sin and left in their judgment uh, without anything else. But we know God is going to bring a light and Ezekiel brings that through the prophecy from God that they're not gonna be left in their sinfulness. They're not gonna be left in exile without hope. There is a wonder to come. There is a joy and there is a comfort in this prophecy. So along with the warning, we see a wonder. And this is where our second point that Ezekiel brings of this prophecy of a wonder really comes in this text of verses 23 through 24. And that wonder which lies in the comfort of the good shepherd. Uh, earlier in chapter 34, as we examine and as 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 Ezekiel gives this prophecy against these Israel's bad shepherds. Uh, God has declared no more. No more will he allow these, these bad shepherds to lead his people into death. No longer will he allow, allow these bad shepherds to neglect his sheep and allow them to be scattered. He will claim his people. He has claimed his people. He will be their shepherd. John Calvin, um, to quote him again, on this theme of God as the shepherd of his people, says, we are already God's sheep before we are aware that he is our shepherd. And what a joy that is that we don't have to first do the thing to turn to God. We don't have to be the one that runs after him because he ran after us. We were lost, we were scattered, and he runs after us. And this is the same for the people of Judah. They were lost and they were scattered and God ran after him, God ran after them before they even knew it. God was their shepherd. We are God's sheep before we are aware that he is our shepherd. And God promises not only will he be their shepherd, but he will appoint to his people a shepherd as well. This will be the shepherd from the Davidic line. This will fulfill the prophecy that 
God made with David in 2 Samuel 7 that David's house and his line will reign forever, that it will be established forever. And this would be an immense joy to the people of Judah, who, as I said previously, have just lost their homeland, who have just lost their temple, and who have just lost the royal line, which they were told would, would last forever. But God is saying, I will be your shepherd, and I will anoint to you a shepherd. I will appoint to you a shepherd that I have anointed, and this will be uh, the Messiah. This will be somebody from David's line to fulfill the promise and to fulfill the covenant. I will not leave you in this exile, but there is a hope to come. We see that they, are, they were a scattered people. They were broken people in need of a good shepherd who could strengthen them, who could feed them, who could lead them, and who could preserve them. They, they were people in need of a, a great shepherd who was the complete opposite laid out in, in verse three, who would not neglect them, who would not feed on them, but would feed them. Dr. Duncan, in this sermon I, I mentioned at the beginning, which I, again, I urge all of you to listen to because he, he does a much better job than I will this evening. Uh, but he says, the difference we see between Israel's fallen shepherds and Judah's fallen shepherds and God's anointed shepherd is one seeks to use and abuse us while the other seeks to save us. One, as Dr. Duncan states, Israel's shepherds fed on the sheep, but God's shepherd came to feed the sheep. And this is the wonder that we have in this text this evening, that while the, the, the bad shepherds of the idols of our heart, the bad shepherds of this world, the bad shepherds of the failing leadership that, who, of, of whatever aspect of your life that may arise, God has come to eliminate these bad shepherds. God has come to, to guide us. While these bad shepherds will seek to feed on us, God has anointed a shepherd who will feed us, who will care for us. And Jesus preached the same message throughout the Gospels. We see in Matthew 20, 28, Jesus says, I came not to serve, or I came not to, not to be served, but to serve, to give my life as a ransom for many. And Jesus continues this uh, metaphor of, the good, of him being the good shepherd in John 10, declaring, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. This wondrous hope of the Messiah to come, of the, the good shepherd that God would appoint, we know is found through the birth of our, of, of our Savior, Jesus. It's what we celebrate this Advent season. And this is the wondrous hope. This is the wondrous sense of eternal hope that Ezekiel gives to those in exile, that there is a good shepherd coming who will not prey on you, who will not turn you away from the worship of Yahweh. There will be a good shepherd who will care for you, who will love you and who will serve you and who will lead you to me. And this not only we know is, it's not just the hope for the, for the people in exile, but this is our hope as well. The people in exile were scattered, they were lost, they were broken without any earthly hope, but they had a promised Messiah that they could cling to. They had the promised Messiah who they knew would come one day and restore them and would lead them and would preserve them. But again, this is not just a hope for those in exile. This is a hope for us today. This is a wondrous comfort that we can cling to. Um, it's not just for the people of Judah, but it is for us, even this evening, in this Advent season. Uh, this is the hope of Christ. And while we are not a people living in exile, per se, we are, as Christians, we are people who live in a foreign land. We live in this foreign pagan land with death and destruction all around us. We live in a broken world. Um, if you turn on the news, we see that so evidently, so clearly that we live in a broken world. And some of us, even now, sitting in these pews, know what it's like to live in a broken world. You're feeling this brokenness so very deeply. And so while we are not people in exile, we are people in a broken land, in a foreign land that's not our home, and we yearn for a good shepherd. And so this is our hope as well, that we have a good shepherd 
who has the characteristics of the shepherd in Psalm 23, who cares for us, who leads us beside the still water, who restores our soul. Jesus, we know, Jesus is that good shepherd. Jesus, God incarnate, who came down from heaven and humbled himself by taking on a human form, born into a a poor family in a lowly manger, Jesus is that good shepherd. Jesus, who would save his people from their sins by living a perfect life, only to be tortured, to, to suffer, to die, and to take the punishment for our sin. Jesus, he is that good shepherd who destroyed, who, who, who destroys these bad shepherds who seek to, to harm his flock. Jesus is that good shepherd that through the power of his resurrection gets rid of those bad shepherds who says, these are my people. No longer will these bad shepherds, no longer will these, these uh, agents of destruction be able to harm my flock. And so just as the people in exile needed the hope of the Messiah, the good shepherd who was to come, we cling to the same hope of the same Messiah who will return again. And so that is our hope in this Advent season, in this Christmas season. And I hope this is our hope all season long, all year long, that from now until we are with our Savior in glory, we cling to the hope of the Messiah to come. That despite the brokenness, despite the pain that we feel, despite being a people in a foreign land seeking to return home, we have this promised Messiah who will lead us to glory. Pray with me now. God, our Father, we thank you for the hope that is found in this text, the hope brought to, brought to us by the prophet Ezekiel. Lord, a hope that was true thousands of years ago, Lord, and a hope that is true now, that there is a Messiah who has come once and who will return again. Lord, we have a Messiah, we have a good shepherd who cares for us, who tends to us. Lord, that is our hope in this Christmas season. Lord, that is what we celebrate during this time, and I pray that despite the the noise of the Christmas parties and the commercials and the gifts and the presents, this would be at the forefront of our minds that we celebrate uh, the birth of your son who came to be the hope of the world. So Father, we love you. And again, we pray that if anyone here has not turned to this good shepherd, Lord, if, if anyone here is still following these bad shepherds who are leading them to disaster, would you work in their heart? Would they not find rest until they see the wondrous hope that comes from your savior, that comes from your good shepherd that you've anointed and appointed to us. Father, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.